discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. There's so much that God wants to show you. Hallelujah. You know, giving is the one of the most important things in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And uh, last year we said so many things. If you weren't here last year, I, I would admonish you to get the message. The messages that were shared last year concerning, concerning giving. And utilize them for yourselves. Hallelujah. Because it's very important. I want to take you to another dimension. You know, every time God has something to say, God has something specific to say to us every time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, giving is a confirmation of love. You see, when you are in love with somebody, how many of you are in love with somebody? If you are in love, hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you are in love, the ultimate thing that happens as a result of love is giving you know when someone is in love the person gives you see when a, a man or a woman or a woman is in love the tendency of giving becomes very high and love gives without expecting anything back the whole principle of giving is based on love Okay, it's based on love. The one who loves more, gives more. The one who loves little, gives little. If a man is in love with a woman, he would lavish upon that woman. Without thinking about what he will get after. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Or you, normally you have something at the back of your mind. You know, when you're giving, you don't, you, you give. You see, you give your all. Sometimes a guy will cry to a lady and say, I give you my heart. Take my heart and let it be. Let it be consecrated unto you, my lady. Take my heart and I'll run on batteries. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's like you are, you are willing and ready to give your heart over to the other person. So that you run on batteries. And be happy or on solar solar panels you see but giving is strictly as a result of love giving is as a result of love and we know that the first person who demonstrates love in its utmost is god the bible says in romans chapter 5 verse 8 he says that god for god commendeth his love towards us you see god commends his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. What is the meaning of that? It means that God shows his love. Let's read message. If you have the message version. It says, but God puts his love on the line for us by offering his son 
in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatever to him. No use whatever to him. So God demonstrates love to us by giving. The Bible says that for God so loved the world, that is why he gave his only begotten son. In John 3 verse 16. You see, God loved. That is why he gave. So love gives. You see, love gives. And God gave the ultimate. God, God gave himself. All because he was in love. So someone who is in love gives. You see. And the Bible expects us. You see, our giving comes, starts from a certain point. When you read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 13, Paul mentions, he says that for whether we be beside ourselves, 2 Corinthians 5, 13, it is to God, whether we are beside ourselves, okay? It is to God. Or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. Let's read the message. I just saw something. You, you, you showed something in the message. That was nice. It says, if I acted crazy, I did it for God. If I acted overly serious, I did it for you. Go back to King James. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God. Or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. Then he says, for, go to the next verse. For the love of Christ constraineth us. The love of Christ constraineth us. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. You see? It says the love of Christ. The love of Christ puts us within. It, it constrains us. It pushes us. You see? For we judge that if one died, who is that one who died? Jesus Christ. Jesus died so that you will come. He loved you so much he gave himself. You see, for the love of Christ constrained us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Then the next verse says that, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. So our giving starts first of all from our giving of ourselves to god because when you consider the love of god for you the next thing that you do is that you give yourself as well to god how do we know the love of god we know the love of god we know love because god first loved hallelujah god first loved that is why we can also love that's what first john chapter 4 mentions is we know we know the love of god by virtue of what he did so our giving starts from ourselves. God is not just interested in your money. He's first of all interested in your life. Your life matters to him more than anything. What you do with your life matters. But what you do with your life is dependent on how much you love. If you don't understand the love of God, you may not be able to give yourself over to God as you ought to. So there are some who are born again, but then they are living the way they want to live. Because they don't understand the love that has been bestowed upon them. The love that has been lavished upon them. God so loved that he gave. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So giving is an act of love. It's, an, it's a divine thing. It, it cannot be done in the flesh. Giving cannot be done in the flesh. You see, And moreover, you are even giving to God. You can't give to God in the flesh. The Bible says that Jesus offered himself up to God through the eternal spirit. You see, everything that comes, you see, there's nothing that you can give to God that can please him unless it is done out of love and done through the spirit. So even Jesus offered himself up to God through the spirit. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. As in Hebrews. Jesus offered himself, he says he offered himself up through the eternal spirit unto God. How, why did he, look at what Jesus said. Jesus said that 
greater love has no man than this than that a man should lay down his life for his brethren or for his friends so jesus gave his life he laid down his life why because he was in love he loved that that was why he could give he didn't just give his money he gave him himself he said the kind of giving that god is expecting from you is not just your offering your money i'll come to that but god wants you to give something higher that is your own self and if you are going to be able to give yourself to god it's going to be dependent on how you consider the love that god has had in your case do you understand what jesus came to do he was spat on because of you he was slapped because of you he was whipped because of you every single thing that happened to him was because of you. he didn't need to come and die he died because of you so the more you contemplate his love the more you contemplate you see there was a day i was using this as an analogy that if you have a lady uh who loves you as a young man okay you you have uh, you are not married but this lady has expressed interest in you and keeps coming to your place when she comes she'll cook for you she'll go to your kitchen cook for you after cooking for you and you see you didn't give her any money to cook for you she brought her own cash to come and cook for you she comes with the cash buys the things from town and brings the things into your room and then comes and then does everything for you hallelujah, hallelujah. then after doing everything she'll put them in bowls you bring her own bowls put them in the bowls and stack them in your fridge after that she'll look for your clothes your dirty clothes and then wash them you will not give her soap nothing she'll take her own soap and then wash everything for you you don't have it you don't have pipe bone water in your house so she has to go very far away to get water to come so that she can do the washing for you after doing all that she'll clean every single thing in your house hallelujah he'll clean she'll clean every single thing in your house clean the floor clean everything clean your tv i mean do everything for you and cook a special meal for you that day your favorite set it on the dining table for you to come and eat i mean just imagine how difficult it will be for you to not reciprocate the love can you imagine a guy who, who will be beating this girl slapping her and saying bad things to her i mean it's very difficult hallelujah why why is it difficult for you to to be wicked or to be to be to be terrible towards that particular lady even if you don't love her you will show kindness isn't it because when you consider all the things that she has done and all the things that she has been doing and this is this happens every weekend every weekend she comes to come and cook for you for the whole week for the whole week and when you finish eating you don't wash the bowl so your bowls pile up for one week she comes back and then comes to wash everything for you all because she says she's in love with you hallelujah what a shock it's not a shock i mean it to be very difficult for a young man for you not to reciprocate the love it to be very very i mean it, it will be very very serious you understand you may not love the person in the sense in which the person says she loves you but you will definitely not be you can you have to be nice to the person one day you will be i mean you'll be nice no matter how callous you are you will be nice one day hallelujah praise the lord in the same way when you consider what god has done 
and all the things that God has done. You see, he says, God commends his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. When we were of no use to him. Do you understand that? When we were of no use. When you were of no use. So he didn't come to die because he wanted something out of you. He came to die to make you beautiful. To make you lovely. To make you nice. To make you confident. To make you great. To make you powerful. To make you influential. To make you rich. He came to die so that you might live. So what should you do? If someone has loved you to the extent that he has laid down his life for you, given his life for you, what should you do? The logical thing, that is why Paul said that we thus judge that if one man died, then we're all dead. And in that he died, he died so that those who live should no longer live unto themselves, but should live unto the one who died, who gave himself. See, my life is for Jesus. That is the greatest offering you can give. That is the greatest offering you can give. That is the greatest thing you can give to God. Yourself. When I say yourself, I mean your mind. I mean your body. Allowing God to change your mind. You see, the born again, uh, the born again experience happens to the human spirit. But it doesn't happen to the mind. The mind needs to be changed. The mind needs to be renovated. It needs to be transfigured, transformed. You see, it needs to undergo a certain process to change to suit what God wants. So you give your mind over to God. These are your greatest sacrifice. Go to Romans chapter 12 verse 1. Hallelujah. It's very important. So don't act as though you don't have anything to give. You do have something to give. Your mind and body must be given to God. And the way to give it over, the way to give it without any... Paul called himself a bond servant. He says, I'm a slave for Christ. Why? He had sold himself. Do you know who a servant is? A servant is someone who had been sold over to a master. Someone who had given himself over to another, another to use. Paul said, I'm a born servant. I'm a born servant unto the Lord. I'm a love slave of God. You see? He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. You see, you cause your body a sacrifice. He says, give your body a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It is holy and acceptable unto God. This is what is acceptable unto God. Your body. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. That is the greatest giving you can ever do. Giving yourself over unto God. What do I mean by giving yourself over unto God? Giving yourself to the, the demand of the Lord. What God wants. Not what you want, but what God wants. Because you can be born again and still want what you want. And not what God wants. Hallelujah. God is not interested so much in your money. He's first of all interested in your life. Because if he has your life, when he has your life, he has your money. Everything will be okay. Hallelujah. I, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the message of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Then he says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's what God wants from you. That's the first, these are the first two things that God wants from you. Your body and your mind. Your body and your mind. Let your body attend to the things of God. Hallelujah. Never extract your body from a service. Let your body always be in the service. Never extract your mind. Extract your mind from the service. Someone can be sitting in the service and the mind has gone on a holiday. It's not supposed to be like that. Your mind, God wants to change your mind. He wants to change your thinking. He wants to alter the way you behave. He wants to use his word to change you. Because he died for you. And you belong to him. You don't belong to yourself. You belong to him. 
That is why he says that, don't you know, he says, watch, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you? He says, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you? He says, you are not of your own. You are not of your own. In other words, you don't belong to yourself. He says, you were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body and with your spirit, which are God's. When he says spirit, he's talking about your soul. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. First Corinthians chapter 6. He says, what? Say what? what? Do you understand what? That means, what do you mean? Don't you understand what is going on? He says, what? Nanka what? Know you not that he which is joined to an hallowed is one body, for two seeth he shall be one flesh. Jump to where he says that, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Verse 19. He says, what? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have, you have received of God? You are not of your own. He says, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. For you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So you belong to God. Say, I belong to God. I belong to God. But normally, your body doesn't want to respond to the things of God. Your body doesn't want to, to submit to the instructions of God. To what God wants. And you, must, you, are, you are responsible for holding your body and putting your body before God. And telling your body that we are, I have given you over to God. So, your body is not yours. Okay? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Your body is not, say your body is not yours. Your, body is not mine. your mind is not yours. It belongs to God. So, give it over. Actively. Actively. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you must, that is God, that is the first thing God is expecting from you, to give. This is, the, this is what God is expecting to give. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So when your mind, don't let your mind just wander. You see, your mind is a tool. Your mind is a tool. Hallelujah. Say, my mind is a tool. Do you know what a tool is? Do you know what a tool is? It's a device that you use. It's a device that you use. Not a device that uses you. If a device is using you, then you have become the tool. You see, so a cutlass is a tool for accomplishing a certain purpose. Tools are used to accomplish certain purpose. Okay? To make things easier. So you don't work with your hands and with your legs. Tools are given to you to help you be able to do a certain work. So your phone is a tool. Your phone is a tool. Hallelujah. The water you use to bath is a tool. The bucket is a tool. Hallelujah. Everything. I mean, we are surrounded by, by tools. Many tools. For different things. For different purposes. In the same way, your mind is a tool. Do you understand that? It means that your mind should not show you what to do in life. You use your mind to achieve what God wants you to achieve. So your mind is a tool. Your mind is to be used to achieve a purpose. Not your mind dominating you and controlling you. And the way for your mind to be a proper tool in your hands is by giving it over to God. What is on your mind? What is on your mind? What are you thinking in life? It matters what you think. So your mind... So your mind over to God is very important. So your body to God. Let God know that you have my body. My body is yours. My body will not be used for just anything. Because sometimes some people carry their, their believers. They carry their body to go and do whatever they want to do. The body is not yours. He says, don't you know that your body is mine? I died for you. I bought you at a price. What price is it? The price is the blood of Jesus. He bought us. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Therefore, we must give ourselves over to him. You see, we must give ourselves over to 
So giving starts with, with you. It starts with you. And it becomes effective when you do it, you give yourself as a result of the God's love for you. Not because someone is telling you to do it, but because you know. You see, the more you contemplate on the love of God, the more you give yourself over to him. The more you meditate on the love of God, the more you... It's amazing. The more you meditate on his love, the more you give. The more you want to, you want to aid someone also gets to know. The more you contemplate on his love. You can't hide it to yourself. You can't keep it with, your, with you. You would want someone else to know. <laughs> so you see that your life is sold. Your life is given to God. You were, you were witness unto the Lord. Your life is sold. You sold yourself. You see? You realize that the reason why you're existing is not because of yourself. For many believers, they, they exist for themselves. And it shows up in the way they pray. And the way they think. Everything is about them. And how that God should break the curses that is upon them. They go for meetings because they want God to do something for them. But God is not in the habit of doing something for you. All that he needed to do, he has done in Christ. He has done it already. Now he expects you to do something for him. So I exist because of him. If, if you think in your mind, then you realize that every single thing about you is because of Christ. Then you know that you have really sold yourself. Why do you want to marry? Do you want to marry so that you can, you can enjoy yourself in bed? You have sex from morning till evening. Is that why you want to marry? Why do you want to marry? Why do you want that car? Is it so that you show your mates that you have become something? You thought that I was nothing. We started from the bottom, now we are here. <laughs> Is that why? Is that why you are looking for that cash? You see? But why are you existing? Check yourself. Check and see. Why am I existing? Why? Why? Am I existing because of myself? Or am I existing because of someone? I said giving is love, isn't it? Giving is love. Just as you are, when you fall in love with a lady, you can walk for miles to go and visit and not think twice about it. You don't think twice about it. Probably the lady is not even minding you. I remember when I was, when I was, oh man, I've walked before. I used to walk to go and see my beloved. Be walking. I mean, I didn't even care. Miles, a lot, kilometers can be very short before you realize you are there. It's not, it's not a big deal. You don't even think about, you don't even think twice about it, isn't it? Yeah. Your strength is renewed like that of an eagle's. You move without any stress. Hallelujah. How many of you are witnesses of concerning what I'm talking about? Yeah. Hallelujah. Admit it. Say the truth and shame the devil. You are in the church. You see? You could walk. Africa, 8th floor. I mean, there was a day, there was a day I bought a car from here, from Kumasi, all the way to Drobo, close to Ivory Coast border, all because of my lady. All because of the one I was going to, I, I wanted to marry. And when I was going, I didn't even care about the distance because as I, we drove in the car, I, I weren't getting there. Just moving, 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 moving. And when I was going, I was carrying things. Yeah, I've done work. Hallelujah. I've worked before. You, you see the way you're saying, hey, you do some, I'm telling you. You even do more than I'm, I'm saying now. You do beyond it. You will go. Nobody has sent you. It is love that has sent you. When love sends you, you can't refuse. You will go. Give the Lord a shout if you understand what I'm saying. When you're in love, you will go. You will go. You will go without thinking twice. Hallelujah. So, 
when a man's life is sold in God, it doesn't matter what he will give for God. He will give it. It doesn't matter. Because his love for God is unimaginable. It's unthinkable. He has come to understand what has been done for him. There was a day Jesus sat around a, a table with one Simon, who was a Pharisee. And a lady came to come and offer a sacrifice to Jesus. When she came, she was wiping Jesus' feet with her tears. You see? And cleaning them with the hair. And Simon the leper sat down. He was, a, he was a leper before, but he was cleansed by Jesus. He was a Pharisee. He sat back and was saying in himself, if Jesus knew who it was that was doing what he was, he was doing, if he knew that he was a sinner, she, he wouldn't, this guy is not a prophet. If he knew, if he were a prophet, he would know who it is that is giving the sacrifice, that is bringing, that is doing the thing around. I mean, can you imagine, an adult, and the lady was an adulteress. She was an adulteress, someone who had been doing all kinds of things. You see, so it's even some way for an, an adulteress to be holding a man's legs and crying on it and doing all this, like you want to seduce the person. So Simon was thinking that if you knew who it was, you know that the lady is trying to seduce you and take your eye off. You see? But Jesus asked Simon. He said that there, there were two people who owed one man. One owed him $1,000. I'm using my own terms. $1,000. The other owed him $1 million. And the man decided to forgive and to let go of the offense. Then he asked Simon, which one of them do you think will be good, will be most grateful? Then someone said, Oh, is this the one who owed the one million? And Jesus said that it is true. What you have said is true. Let's read it. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me therefore, which of them will love him most? Which of them will love him most and then simon answered and said i suppose that he to whom he forgave most and he said unto him thou hast rightly judged and he turned to the woman and said unto simon seest thou this woman i entered into thine house thou gavest me no water for my feet why didn't he give no water for his feet because his love was a little you understand what i'm saying now giving is found in your love for somebody and who is that somebody? That somebody is God. You know Jesus is God, right? So he said that, when I came, when I entered into your house, you gave me no water for my feet. You didn't clean my feet. But she has washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. And he turned, go to the next verse. Thou gavest me no kiss. But this woman, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. She has been kissing my feet. My head with oil, thou did not anoint. But this woman has anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. So what you give is inside your love for God. So if you are accustomed to giving one Ghana cities, that shows that your love, you don't understand the love that God has had in your case. If you think about how some way you would have been if God had not saved you. No, just think about how your life would have gone. You see, your giving has a lot to do with your destiny. My message is your giving or your seed, your destiny. That's what, that's what I'm talking about. Your seed, your destiny. Your seed, your destiny. 
what you give has a lot to do with what your life, how your life becomes and how your life turns out. Most of us have not considered what God has done. If you have considered what, has, what God has done, you will give your all. You will give everything that you have. You will give everything that you have. How much have you been forgiven? Just check your life. No. Look at how God has been a blessing to you. Forget about waking up in the morning and being able to sleep at night. Forget about the, the, the breathing that you are undergoing right now, you're experiencing right now. Forget about all those things. Just think about how if you had not come into contact with a certain knowledge of God's word, how your life would have been. Some of you sat in churches for so long and had nothing happening to you. But all of a sudden, you met God's word in a certain way and it changed your life. Your somewayness became different. You have to be grateful for it. Because if that had not happened, if you had not met God in that way, you'd have been going in a certain line. You'd have been going, I'm not sure you'd be here by now. And I'm not sure you'd know what you know by now. And I'm not sure you would even have any contact with God. Most of us didn't have contact with God, even though we're born again believers. We didn't. But by God's grace, you have arrived. You have gotten to know certain things. I think you should be grateful. I think you should be thankful. And the one who is grateful and thankful has more happening. More of such things happen. The Spirit of God opens the eyes of your understanding to get more. To receive more. So that you can love more. And as you love more, you release more. You give more. And as you give more, you receive more. Praise the Lord. Let me give you a classical example of what I'm trying to talk about. Okay? Go to Exodus chapter 29 from verse 36. He says, and thou shalt offer, this is, this is uh, God giving Moses instructions concerning the offerings of the temple. Okay? Now, I said God, God's, God's system runs on offerings. God demanded an offering from them every single day. There was, a, there was a daily sacrifice. Every day. Do you know every day? Every day a sacrifice was given unto God. Why? So that they could get to have God's presence with them. And so that they could get to have God protect them and increase them. Hallelujah. So for God's presence to remain there, okay, they must give. They must sacrifice. They must sacrifice. They must give. So God said that thou shalt offer every day a bullock. Do you know what a bullock is? For a sin offering for atonement. And thou shalt cleanse the altar. And when thou hast made an atonement for it, and thou shalt anoint it to sanctify it. Seven days that thou shalt make an atonement for the altar and sanctify it, and it shall be an altar most holy. Whatsoever toucheth the altar shall be holy. Now this is that which thou shalt offer upon the altar. Two lambs of the first year, day by day, continually. Have you seen it? Two lambs of the first year, day by day, continually. Hallelujah. So there was a bullock, and then there was a... Eh? Two lambs of the first year, day by day, continually. Let's go on. The one lamb shalt thou offer in the morning. So there was the morning sacrifice, and the other lamb thou shalt offer at the evening. So there was the morning and then the evening sacrifice. Is that not so? Can you see it? So this was also hap was happening on a regular basis in Israel. So they gave their offering every single day. They gave their offering every single day, isn't it? Praise the Lord. We just saw it. They gave their offering every single day. Now, this can be represented by what you give on a regular basis. You know, when you come to church and we are taking offering, there's an amount you, you give. Is that not so? Yeah, someone decides that I'll give five cities. There's nothing wrong with it. Your offering does something for you. Your, your offering keeps the doorway to God open. <laughs> Hallelujah. Your offering allows God to function. To, he allows God a right to function in your life. Ask Peter what I'm talking about. There was a day Jesus, the first day Jesus met Peter. 
He requested to use his boat to preach. Peter gave his boat out to preach, for Jesus to preach with. When Jesus finished preaching, he told him to lay that, let down his net for a catch. Peter did, and he, he, the Bible says he, he enclosed a great number of fishes, a great multitude of fishes. How did that miracle happen? That miracle happened because Peter allowed himself, he allowed himself to be used by giving what he had to God. Whenever God meets a man, you always ask him, what do you have? So that he can increase you. Hallelujah. Because God wants to know what you have. For God to be able to increase you, God, God is the one who brings increase. But for increase to happen, there must be a planting process, first of all. And the planting process is done by the one who has the seed. Does it make sense? Does it make sense? You must plant so that the seed can grow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see? So every single day, they would plant. They would, they would, they would give the offering. Morning and then evening. Morning and evening. Morning and evening. But there was this day a certain man came. See, a certain man came. That man's name is Solomon. And I want to show you what he did. Okay? Can I show you what he did? Okay. So, now go to First Kings. Oh, hallelujah. I'm reading from chapter 3. Oh, hallelujah. Let's read from verse 1. So that we get to understand it well. So, keep in mind that there was a regular sacrifice. Okay? And that is powerful. See, that is powerful. It's great. It's powerful. Okay? It's great. It's powerful. It allows God to stay in the camp. You see? It allows God to stay in the camp. For God to be around. It's very important. Without that, God will not stay around. Am I saying that in the New Testament it happens? Emphatically, yes. There are certain things that, that the Lord does not affect. One of them is giving. It started before the law came. If you think I'm lying, ask Cain and Abel. And what their offering did for them. Cain's offering determined his future. Cain's offering. What Cain gave was what determined his future. Because God told them what to bring. You didn't know you can't just bring anything before God. God tells you what to bring. And you can't, just, you can't even just give to God. There's a way to give to God. And I'm going to show you all those things. So God told them, bring blood. But Cain brought the fruits of the ground. Or the fruits of the soil. The fruits of the earth. And God said that this is not what I said you should bring. So Cain gave. In the eyes of Cain, Cain gave. Because he did give. But his giving was not received. His giving was not accepted. And because of the way, how he went about what he gave, it determined his future. How did Cain end up? Cain left the presence of God. Cain left the presence of God. Hallelujah. By virtue of what he gave. But what happened to Abel? Abel gave and was accepted before God by virtue of his giving. Okay? And he was kept in the presence of God. To the extent that even when he died, his blood still cries out. Cain's, Abel's blood cries out to God. Because God said that your, blood, your brother's blood is crying out to me because Abel was planted in the presence of God by virtue of his giving, what he gave. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Ask Noah. Ask Abraham. Look at their lives. How they lived their life. How many times did Abraham sacrifice unto God? So many times. So many times. Every time giving. Giving to God. There was the day he saw three people coming. When he saw them, he knew that he knew within his spirit that this was God. What did he do? He set them down and gave them a meal. He gave to them. When he met God, the first thing he did was to give to them. Not to ask for something. He gave to them. Then later on, you could ask for something. You see, your giving determines what happens to you in your life. How your, future, how your future is going to be is dependent on what you give. And I said you start your giving by giving yourself to God. Okay? So look at First Kings. There was a regular sacrifice. Morning, evening. Morning, evening. Morning, evening. Every day. 
But someone called Solomon came and he did something remarkable. And that determined what happened to him in his life. And how he lived his life. Look at 1 Kings chapter 3, like I said. He says, and Solomon from verse 1. And Solomon made affinity with Pharaoh, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and took Pharaoh's daughter and brought her into the city of David until he had made an end of building his own house and the house of the Lord and the wall of Jerusalem round about. Only the people sacrificed in high places because there was no house built unto the name of the Lord until those days. And Solomon loved the Lord walking in the statutes of David his father. Only he sacrificed and burned incense in high places. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there for that was a great high place. He says he sacrificed a thousand burnt offerings. The Solomon offer upon that altar. Go back. I see what I'm seeing. Probably I'm not seeing it. There's another one in Second Chronicles. Go to Second Chronicles, chapter one. Let's read from verse one. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And Solomon, Second Chronicles, chapter one, from verse one. He says, "And Solomon, the son of David, was strengthened in his kingdom, and the Lord his God was with him." And magnified him exceedingly then solomon spake unto all israel to the captains of thousands and of hundreds and to the judges and to every governor in all israel like the chief of the fathers so solomon and all the congregation with him went to the high place that was at gibeon remember they went to gibeon in the other side it's the same story they related at that side hallelujah so solomon and all the congregation went with him with him went to the high place that was at gibeon for there was a tabernacle of the congregation of god which moses the servant of the lord had made in the wilderness but the ark of God had David brought up from Kejat Jairim to the place which David had prepared for it. For he had pitched a tent for it at Jerusalem. Moreover, the brazen altar that Bezaliel, the son of Uri, the son of who, had made, he put before the tabernacle of the Lord. And Solomon and the congregation sought it, sought unto it. And Solomon went up thither to the brazen altar before the Lord. You know, remember the brazen altar, right? which was at the tabernacle of the congregation and offered a thousand now look at this is what happens on a this is what should happen on a normal day on a normal day it should be what one in the morning one in the evening this guy came and decided not to do one in the morning one in the evening look at what he did he offered a thousand burnt offerings upon it you know sometimes you want to you want to hear from the lord how many of you want to hear from the lord Brothers and sisters, I don't want my life to be ordinary. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you want your life to be ordinary? No, I want to live a purpose-filled life. Okay? I want to live my life before the presence of God on a continuous, continual basis. I want to have God working in me on a continuous, continual basis. I want to produce the results that God was designed for me to produce from the beginning of the ages. To produce. I want to do what God wants me to do. Today, I saw something about a man of God. And when I saw it, I became, I was like, man, I'll stand up. But there are certain things, there are certain things that are uncommon. They don't happen normally. There's a way. And if you are not taught, you would not know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Do you know there are deaths in God? Do you know nobody has gotten to the last death of God? But some have gone beyond some. Do you understand what I'm saying? We are not all on, we are not playing on level grounds. <laughs> there are differences. And the differences is because of what some people know and what they have done with what they know. Okay? What do you know? I want to show you something. Go back to verse 6. Go back to verse 6. And Solomon went up there to the brazen altar before the Lord, which was at the tabernacle of the congregation, and offered a thousand burnt offerings upon it. Look at the next verse. And in that night did God appear unto Solomon. <laughs> and said, now, this is Solomon who has, Solomon has become king. 
Are we not kings in the Lord? The Bible says that Christ, he has made us kings unto God and unto his father, isn't it? We are kings, right? So we are ruling. Solomon was enjoying. Look at verse 1. Go to verse 1. The verse 1 of this particular verse. Look at what was happening with Solomon and God, between Solomon and God before. He says, and Solomon the son of David was strengthened in his kingdom. Do you understand? He was strengthened in his kingdom. Okay? This is before God showed himself to him. He was strengthened in his kingdom. And the Lord is God was with him. God was with him. So it's not that God was not with him. Just as God is with you now, and God is in you now. Say God is in me. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He's in you. He's with you. His presence is so strong with you. Look at it. He says, and the Lord is God was with him and magnified him exceedingly. That is how much his kinship had gotten to. God had magnified him exceedingly, but he had not had a certain contact with God yet. Praise the Lord. And most of us fit into this particular situation. Don't you love God? You love God, right? Is God not in you? Don't you know that God is in you? Don't you know that God is in you? If you don't know, I'm telling you that God is in you. But it's that the spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in us. And therefore, that same spirit mortifies or vitalizes our mortal bodies. Gives life to our mortal bodies. He's living in us. That is the truth. The Holy Spirit is li- Say the Holy Spirit is living in me. The Bible says that you have received an anointing from the Holy One. And that anointing abides in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. The Holy Spirit is with you. But sometimes you forget that he's with you. Sometimes you forget that he's in you. Sometimes you can be going and you realize that you don't... What is being... They are saying something, but it's not really making... Experience does a lot of things to people. When you have an experience, okay? It does a lot of things to you. It does, a, it does something huge to you. And that's what God wants to have a, a personal... He wants you to have a personal... You see, I said there are deaths in God. It's not... What you have is not all that there is. There's more. I came to tell you that there's more. What you have is not all that there is. You see, new creation messages make you think that it is finished. Because the Holy Spirit is... It's not true. There's more. There's much more. There are much more. There are deaths in the riches that you have received. There are deaths in the inheritance that you have received. And you must... How can't you... Haven't you noticed that we are not all the same? Haven't you noticed that there are some people... No, is is uh, is your uncle not as equally a Christian as Bishop Dag? Is he not? Answer me. Is your uncle not as much as equal as a believer as Bishop Dag? Is your <laughs> no? I want people who are older than us so that we can do the comparison properly. Okay. Hallelujah. I want to mention your father. Is your father not as equally a believer, okay, as Bishop Oedipo? Is he not? Yeah. Do you know Bishop Oedipo? Yeah. You know, you know those people, right? Okay. Is your another uncle? Imagine another uncle who is a believer. I'm not talking about someone who is not a believer. I'm talking about someone who is a believer, okay? Is he not as equally a believer? As much as Pastor Chris. Now I'm mentioning these names because those are the names you know. Okay? But what is the difference? If I may ask. What is the difference? How come one has a certain kind of influence? And another has another kind of influence? You see, God never created anybody to stay on a certain level. God doesn't create us to stay on a certain level. God creates us to stay on his level. 
in his death, in the death of deaths of God. You see, God sent me here to come and tell you. The reason why we are having this meeting is because of where God wants to take you to. You understand? There's a place God wants to take you to, which is higher than where you are now. And the way to get there, you see, spiritual things, eh? You must understand how linked spiritual things are to finances or to money or to giving. You must understand. Um, we may try to play dumb and behave as though it is not true. But read your Bible, you will see how true it is. You will see how true it is. How did Noah hear from God after the flood? He, he sacrificed. Read Genesis chapter 6. When he came out of the, the ark, he knew what to do. He didn't go with his family looking everywhere. No! As soon as he came out, he took one of the, the, the lambs and sacrificed upon the altar. And God spoke. But so God smelled it and spoke and said that as long as the heavens and the earth are, seed, seed time and harvest shall never cease. There are a lot of things hmm, that are tied to your giving. A lot. A lot of spiritual things are tied to giving. And if you don't give, if you are not faithful in that little one, you can't be faithful in any. Look at this. It says, Genesis chapter 8 verse 21. Let's, let's read from, um, um, this is what happened to Noah, right? When he came out of the flood, isn't it? He came out of the it says, they all went out of the ark. All these beasts went out of the ark. And Noah went forth and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. When he went out, every beast, every creeping thing and every fowl and whatsoever creepeth upon the earth after their kinds went forth out of the ark. And Noah built an altar. He's not a fool. He knows what to do. He's been thought. He says, and Noah built an, an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast. He didn't just even do one. He says he took of every clean beast, every clean beast, of every clean fowl, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore. Why did the Lord say he would not curse the ground? Because he had smelled the offerings of a certain man called Noah. And when he smelled the offerings, he said, I will not curse. I will not destroy. Look at it. I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more everything living as I have done. So we are surviving now because of what Noah did. If Noah had not done it, this message would not have come. I'm telling you the truth. That's why the Bible says, And God smelled the sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there are certain things you will not hear. And you would not know. There are certain places you would not be taken to in God. If you don't understand what giving is and what it does. Solomon was sitting in his kingdom. Fine, everything was okay. But he wanted more. Say, I want more. I want more. Do you want more? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with what, I'm, I'm content with what, is it, and what I'm saying is not, you must be content in God. Because you have arrived. You have all come onto Mount Zion. But on Mount Zion, there are levels. There are levels on Mount Zion. All of us arrive at the peak of Mount Zion. But there's a, the, at, the, at the base of Mount Zion, rather. But there's a peak on Mount Zion. And I want to get to the peak. You want to get to the peak? Yeah. Then your offering is very, 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 very important. Your seed is very, very important. And I'm not talking about the daily one, the regular one. I'm talking about something higher. Something more. God, I want to, I want to see you more. I want to go deeper. I want to go deeper. Hmm? Go back to Second Chronicles chapter 1. Go to verse 7 once again. Verse 7. It says, in that night, after he had offered a thousand, oh, thousand bullocks, thousand, he gave thousand. Instead of one, he gave thousand. In that night, God did appear unto him, unto Solomon, and said unto him, ask what 
I shall give thee. <laughs> some people are want they probably want God to do certain things for them, but if not, you, you want God to give you wisdom to a certain level. Of course, we have wisdom. Christ has made unto us wisdom. Do you understand what I'm saying? But you want it to show up, you want it to display itself in a wonderful way around you. You must give your way to that to happen in your life. Okay. Keep your finger here. Go to Second Corinthians. Keep your finger here, okay? I have, I have a lot to show you here. But go to Second Corinthians chapter 8. Let's read from verse 1. It says, Moreover, brethren. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Now, this is, this is New Testament, right? This is New Testament, isn't it? He says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed. I, I don't know what he's saying. What do you mean by we do you to wit? So let's read a lighter version. And now we give you news, brothers, about the grace of God which has been given to the churches of Macedonia. Meaning that this grace was not there before. Do you understand what I'm saying? Let's read it well. He says that now, brethren, he says, and now we give you news, brothers. These, these are the Corinthian churches. This is the Corinthian church. He says, I give you news, brothers. I'm announcing to you, brothers, about the grace of God which has been bestowed to the churches of Macedonia. It means that this grace was upon the churches in Macedonia. It wasn't upon every church. It was upon a specific church. The churches in Macedonia. Not just anybody. But I thought that grace and peace is multiplied to us through knowledge. Isn't it? And that God is at work in us. And God's working in us is the grace of God. Is that not so? Haven't you read in John where it says that... <laughs> Grace and peace came by Jesus. He says the law is given by Moses, but grace and peace, grace and what? Grace and truth, rather. Grace and truth came by Jesus, isn't it? But then he comes to come and say here that everything like this. He says, how while they were undergoing every sort of trouble. Now, look at what was happening to this group of people. But because of that grace, that thing that had been introduced upon their lives, he says, how while they were undergoing every sort of trouble and were in their greatest need, they took all the greater joy in being able to give freely to the needs of others. Do you understand? This is a special ability that causes you to be a giver. It's not everybody who is a giver. It's not every Christian who is a giver. It's not normal. It is a grace that is communicated by God to pe unto people. Maybe you don't believe what I'm saying. Uh, let, me let me prove it some more to you, okay? Go to Romans chapter 12. Let's read from verse 4 so that you see what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Are you a giver? Yes. Are you a giver? Yes. Okay. Hallelujah. He says, for us, we have, we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. Okay? He says, all members of the body have not the same office. Okay? So we be many are one body in Christ, and everyone members of one of another. Having then gifts. The word gifts is charisma, or charismata, which comes from the word grace. It's the same... It comes from grace. So, gifts means grace. Do you understand? Gift means what? Grace. It says, having then gifts differing according to the... It means according to the grace that is given to us. There's a grace that is given to us. Whether prophecy... So, if you prophesy, there's a grace for prophecy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a grace for prophecy. There's an ability of God that does not work in just anybody. It works in certain people who have developed it and who have been given that grace to function in it. There's a general prophecy, gift of prophecy for everybody. That one is there. But there's another one which makes you a gift to the body of Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the profession of faith. 
or ministry let us wait on our ministry the word ministry is service or he that teacheth on teaching you know that there are people who are teachers they have a grace everybody can teach but there are some people who can really teach they have that grace and it is given unto them it is given unto them by god i mean if you listen to apostle judges you know that they are teachers and they are teachers do you understand what i'm saying that man is a teacher of teachers it's not it's not ordinary i mean the the books he can read within a minute you will not you will use five years of your life and you can't read it i'm telling you there's grace it's, it's grace and he can't do anything it's been given it's been given do you understand okay or he that exhorteth on exhortation then it says he that giveth meaning that there's a grace for giving there's an ability of God that causes you to give. You understand what I'm saying? There's an ability. It's, it's an ability. It's a special ability. Whether you are in need or not, that because of that ability. <laughs> what does grace mean? Grace means the working of God within a man that causes him to produce the results God wants him to produce. That's what grace means. There's a special grace. So I showed you. It says, "Or oh, he that exhorted on exhortation, he that gave it, let him do it with simplicity." Then it says, he that ruleth, that is a pastor. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, go back to First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, when verse 2. Let's read the, the BBE. I like the BBE because it's, it's good. Bible in basic English. It says, how well they were undergoing every sort of trouble, and when the greatest need, they took all the greater joy in being able to give freely to the needs of others. Let's go on. For I give them witness that as they were able, and even more than they were able, they gave from the impulse of their hearts. They gave from the impulse of their hearts. Seriously requesting us that they might have a part in this grace of being servants to the needs of the saints. They wanted to go deeper. They had a certain grace, but they wanted to go, they wanted to participate in the grace that would be available for this particular kind of giving that was going to be made available to them. Because we're preparing seeds for the poor saints at Jerusalem. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So they besought them. He says, seriously requesting us that they might have a part in this grace of being servants to the needs of the saints. Go to the next verse. And going even further than our hope, they first gave themselves to the Lord. You see? You see how it starts? It says, they first gave themselves to the Lord and to us after the purpose of God. Then verse 6. So that we made a request to Titus that as he had made the start before, so he might make this grace complete in you. Look at the next verse. It says, and that as you are full of every good thing of faith. Let's, let's read the King James of this particular verse. It says, therefore, as ye are bound in everything in faith. Okay? So, you are bound in faith. There are those who are bound in faith. It says, and utterance. They are bound in utterance. And knowledge. And in all diligence. That is in all hard work. And in your love to us. It says, you are bound in all these things. Thank God for your life. It says, see. See to it that you are bound in this grace also. See to make sure that you are bound in this grace. Which grace is he talking about? The grace of giving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You see, you're giving, it's amazing. Say, I'm a giver. I'm a giver. I'm a giver. Listen, the deaths of God that you will go and the deaths of prosperity that you will experience in your life is unprecedented. You've never seen some in your life. I'm not joking. I'm not Because that's the grace of God that has come for this particular meeting. Because of your giving, your future is going to be altered. Your future is going to be altered. You'll be shocked. You'll be shocked. Your future is going to be altered. Have you read about 
Cornelius. The Gentile called Cornelius. Have you ever read about Cornelius? In Acts chapter 10. The Bible says that he gave alms. You see, he was an, he was an alms giver. He was involved in the things of God. And therefore, God, as he was praying, God said that, listen, God sent an angel to him. Go and make sure his future is changed. Go and, or else you'll be a Gentile forever. Send, go, and make sure his future is changed. And by virtue of his giving and his fasting, and, his, and we fasted, we've prayed, isn't it? All the things that Cornelius did, we've done. He says, and a, he says, a devout man, and one that feared God with all his heart. Don't you fear God? Which gave much alms to the people. He gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Or always. Go to the next verse. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day. An angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on, on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine arms are come. Thy prayers and what? Your arms. I told you that there's a heavenly account, right? It seems clearly here. It says, Thy prayers and thine arms are come up for a memorial before God. Send men unto Joppa. And now send men to Joppa and call for one son. His life was altered. His future was changed. The guy would have died a sinner and gone to hell. But because of his arms and his prayers, haven't you prayed? Add your prayer with your arms. Listen, if you want to see God in a certain way, don't just pray. Don't just pray. <laughs> you add substance to your prayer. Sometimes some of us want we want extraordinary things. You must also do extraordinary things with your money. Instead of giving one in the morning and giving one in the evening, Solomon gave thousand. And when he did, the Bible said God showed himself to him in the night. Now you may think that it is just once. It happened just it didn't happen just once in Solomon's life. It happened more than once. Solomon knew how to cause God's attention with his offering, with the seed. He knew. He knew. He knew what to do because he had been taught by his father. Do you know what David gave before he, before, what David gave for the building of the temple? David made everything available before Solomon came. Everything was given. They gave millions of dollars for the building of the temple of God. So the temple that Solomon gave, Solomon built, had not, he didn't, he didn't use his money to do it. Everything was provided by, for by his father. Every supply that you can think about came from his father. And the men that were with him, those mighty men of valor. Who were broke before. All those men who came to David were broke. Do you understand broke? The Bible said they were vagabonds. They were depressed. People who were depressed. People who were in debt. But at the end of their lives, they, are, they were all big men who were giving. They were giving to God big time. If you put the money that they, they gave together, you can't, you can't calculate. It was very, very huge. All they, Those same people though. You see, if you are, if you are, you must give your way up. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You're, do you want to go up? I want to go up. It's not just, it's not only by confessions. I'm telling you the truth. There are people who are confessing and have not seen much happening in their lives. Because their seed is not there. Their money is not there. The money that will cause God to smell and say that, I will not cause this thing to happen. I will make sure this happens. Hey. You understand what I'm saying? Somebody saying, oh, and why should our money be there? Be there. That is what the Bible is saying. I'm not the, am I the one saying it? You think it's because I want to take your money from you? Not at all. That Paul told the, the Corinthians, he says, see to it because you are bound in faith. The faith is there. You are bound in knowledge. You are bound in utterance. You are bound in your love for us. But make sure that you are bound in this grace also. So you can be abounding in all the others and not abound in this particular one. And you will lack. Because there's something that happens to you as a result of your giving. Keep your finger here. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. Look at chapter 9, verse 8. 
He says, and God is able, let's read from verse 7. 6. Go to verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. Eh? The one who does it small, small. And he which, he which soweth bountifully, like Solomon did. Eh? He sowed bountifully. He says, he shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as his purpose in the heart. So let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a, cheer, a cheerful giver. Then he says, and God is able to make all grace. So, do you understand what is happening? Do you understand what is happening? There's a grace that leads to all grace. And that grace is the grace of giving. Do you understand? Does it make sense? No, he told them that see, it's, the same, it's the same letter. Oh. This is chapter 9. The one I read to you earlier was chapter 8. So, he, he said that, make sure you are bound in this grace. Then he tells them how they should give. He says, don't give sparingly. Give bountifully. The one who gives sparingly, eh? who sows sparingly, will also reap sparingly. But the one who gives bountifully, will reap bountifully. Then he says, don't give out of gradually don't give gradually give out of a cheerful heart out of your heart out of a, a good heart he says for god loves a cheerful giver then he says and god he says and god is able to make all grace abound as so this is something you are bound the, the first one he says see that you are bound in this grace also so as you see to it that you are bound in this grace says god is able to make all grace abound toward you do you understand that so, if you need grace to increase your faith, what should you do? Give. Does it make sense? Because out of that grace, that grace of giving, all grace is abounded towards you. That is why I said that all spiritual things eh, are tied to your finances because it is tied to your, your giving. I'm a giver. All. I'm telling you, I'm a giver. Hallelujah. That is why my faith, yesterday, two days ago, I was sitting, I was driving. And as I was driving, I was just thinking about the past and how God has brought me to this place. Okay? And I realized I've not prayed much. Because I've not prayed much. <laughs> I pray. I'm not saying I don't pray. I pray. I pray a lot. But I don't think I've prayed more than some people who I know who have prayed. Hey, do you know prayer? <laughs> people have prayed. You understand? People have prayed. But I, we don't know where they are. You can't find them. I'm not, I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? We can't find them. Even their faith is not working. They don't even understand faith. They don't even understand faith. Common faith. They don't understand it. The wisdom of God does not show up in their lives. But they are praying for wisdom. They don't know that they have been granted wisdom already. I understand what I'm saying. As I was looking at my life, God told me that it is because of the life you have lived. First of all, you've given yourself over to me. Secondly, you don't keep your money. My money is not my money. It is God's money. I'm just a manager of God's money. You understand? I can give and I'll have just 200 Ghana cities in my account. I can receive 3,000 Ghana cities and give everything and it will be left with 200 Ghana cities on my, in my pocket. And I'm happy. And that 200 Ghana cities will multiply. I'm supplied for. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm a married man. And the 200, it's not for me. It's for me, my wife, and my household. The 200 Ghana cities in my pocket. It's for me, my wife, and my household. And we'll feed for more than 30 days. Not just feed. Feed in abundance. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Because of that, my faith works. I can say to the ministry, I send you forth now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Bring me that 3,000 I gave in the next one month or in the next one and a half month, in the next two weeks. And you'll be shocked at what will happen. I'm a giver. You see, I've received that grace to function as a giver. So I can have God talk to me and I will, I will hear. 
You see, the voice of God is not clamored by any, anything. I hear the voice of God. <laughs> There's grace to hear from the voice of God. I've taken that grace because of my giving. Do you understand what I'm saying? Listen, this is the most important spiritual principle you can ever learn. Is there, there are two things you can do. You can either accept it or you can refuse it. There are those who hear it and go like, oh, you people are saying this because of our money. It's not true. We, God doesn't need your money. God doesn't need your money. Do you understand what I'm saying? When God was building the, the ark, making, God, making Moses build the ark, he told, he told Moses to let the children of Israel bring their seed, bring their offering, so that he can bless them. He asked them to, he says, bring. Because God can do the thing on his own, but he says, let them come. I want them to be, to be a part of it. He says, I give you power to make well so that you can establish my covenant, so that I can establish my house. So giving is an opportunity from God for you to be able to do something. He says, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. He says, shall I cause men to add unto your bosom? You gave, you gave, you gave. But he says, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. I will cause men to add unto your bosom. Do you understand that? But will you have the good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, if you didn't give? So how are you going to have good measure? Press down, shaking together, running over. By giving. Do you understand? If you don't do the first one, the shaking together, running over into your bosom shall not happen. It shall not happen. So I want men to give unto me good measure. Press down, shaking together, and running over. So what will I do? I will give. I will sow my seed. And I will not sow anything. Just anything. I will sow something huge. Go back to Second Corinthians chapter 9. Verse 8. So he says, God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That ye always, eh? That ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Let's read the Amplified of it. Probably you don't understand it. Amplified. Praise the Lord. I say, I say to your neighbor, I've found my way out. I will never be poor in my life. I will never lack in my life. Because my faith will work. I now know how to make my faith work. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I now know how to make, my, to make the wisdom of God available on my behalf. I now know how to make the understanding of God available. How to allow the spirit of knowledge and the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of understanding to function in my life. On a consistent, continual basis. It is giving. It is giving. The difference between all, all those men of God and us is they are giving. Because they are reading the same Bible. But how come they are seeing more than you are seeing? Am I not reading the same Bible as you are reading? So what is the difference? How come I see something you don't, you don't see? I'm showing you what I do. I give. I don't keep my cash. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't keep my cash. Eh? As little as 17 years old, I was sowing seeds. I, I was taught early sow seeds and so my future is in order my future is in order because when i get that the doors will open for me i have a right to it i have a right to it so i don't need to pray i don't need to pray about it and first of all i don't pray because i need something from god i pray because i love god yeah i pray because i love what he loves he loves men he loves human beings so i pray to for, for people not for myself when it comes to myself i know what to do just release the cash just sow that seed Look at the Amplified. It says, and God is able to make all grace. All grace. It says, every favor and earthly blessing. Do you understand that? Why? Why is every favor and every earthly blessing coming? Because you give. 
says he's able to make it come to you in abundance not just in 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 bits in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient self-sufficient that is functioning like god because god is a self-sufficient one god does not need any external supply god is self-sufficient god is he's called the self-existing selfhood so the more you give the more you become like god because god is self-sufficient look at it and whatever then be self-sufficient possessing enough to require no aid or support listen if you think you don't have money give is this possessing enough to require no aid or support i require no aid and furnish in abundance for every good work and charitable donation solomon gave hmm? solomon gave gave a thousand bountiful offering <laughs> and he did it the second time let me show you the second time he did it okay he didn't do it once this one god showed up and gave him wisdom god told him what do you want he said i want wisdom god gave him wisdom and gave him every other thing he didn't ask for go back to second chronicles chapter what we're reading second chronicles chapter one verse seven king james praise the lord i'm excited are you excited at all he says in that night did god appear unto solomon and said unto him ask what i shall give thee and Solomon said unto him, unto God, Thou hast showed great mercy unto David my father, and hast made me to be, made me to reign in his stead. Now, O Lord God, let thy, let thy promise unto David my father be established. For thou hast made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in, in multitude. Give me now wisdom and knowledge, that I may go out and come in before this people. For who can judge this people that is so great? And God said to Solomon, Because this was in thine heart, and thou hast not asked riches, wealth, or honor, nor the life of thine enemies. Hmm? So he's showing you what to, not to give for. We are not giving so that we become rich. Do you understand what I'm saying? Of course, when you give, you must receive. But the reason why we give is not so that we become rich. We give hmm, so that we can make the house of God function as it's supposed to. So that we can save more souls. So that more people can receive the knowledge of God's word. That's why we give. Does it make sense? Or else your giving will be selfish. Hallelujah. Or else your giving will be selfish. You'll be shocked. Hallelujah. Says, and God said to Solomon, Because this was in thine heart, and thou hast not asked riches, wealth, or honor, nor the life of thine enemies, neither yet hast asked long life, but hast asked wisdom and knowledge for thyself, thou, that thou mayest judge my people. You see, he was doing it because of the people of God. He gave not so that he will be able to become richer. He gave so that you'll be able to take care of the children of God. God should not be taken care of properly. That was what he asked for. Over whom I have made the king. Go to the next verse. Wisdom and knowledge is granted unto thee. How did God give wisdom and knowledge to him? By words. God said that wisdom and knowledge is granted to thee. When he woke up in the morning, it was like that. And I'll give thee riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have had that have been before thee. Neither shall there any after thee have the like so both before and after nobody is going to be like solomon in terms of riches and nobody will be after hallelujah but we are in the this is before the kingdom of god jesus came and said the greater than solomon has come we are the one who come from the greater than solomon you understand so it means that you can be you can you are actually greater than solomon by virtue of your birth already hallelujah is that not nice to know but go to first kings chapter 8 from verse 1 first kings chapter 8 from verse 1 
This is the second time Solomon did it. He says, Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the chiefs of the fathers of the children of Israel, unto King, unto King Solomon in Jerusalem, that they might break up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is in Zion. And all the men of Israel assembled together themselves unto King Solomon at the feast in the month of Ethanim, which is the seventh month. And all the elders of Israel came, and the priests took up the ark. And the Lord brought up, and they brought up the ark of the Lord and the tabernacle congregation, and all the holy vessels that were in the tabernacle. Even these, even those did the priests and the Levites bring up. And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel that were assembled unto him were with him before the ark. Look at what they were doing. Sacrificing sheep and oxen. You know the ark of the covenant represents God's presence, isn't it? Sacrificing sheep and oxen that could not be told nor numbered for multitude. Do you understand that? They couldn't count. They were just sacrificing, killing, sacrificing unto God. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.